Hello, and welcome to another episode of Sophia's Choice, a Golden Girls podcast. As always, I am Alan, and joined by Ski. Qui-Gon And Brent. Present. And today we're going to be going over Season 2, Episode 6, uh, Big Daddy's Little Lady. Now we uh, do typically start off with Ski's recap, uh, along with some favorite lines and our MVPs for the episode, and then our rating out of eight slices of cheesecake um, to as we you know work towards determining the best of the entire series but it's in a momentous occasion today now <laughs> this is happening uh you know right now episode 25 is about to come out or actually the 25 is already at the recap is about to come out and we're recording episode six so we're several weeks into the future but we got our first comment from oh. someone who is not a member of any of our families nice. what? not only is it someone who's not a member of our family it's not even a member of uh of our country <gasps> yes nice. so we got our first uh comment it was on the facebook page which okay. if anybody else wants to leave comments we have the facebook page of okay. sophia's choice podcast twitter at sophia's choice pc as well as uh, email at Sophia's Choice Podcast at gmail.com. Any of those three, you can contact us to be comment number two or iTunes or. So, uh, so we're on the Twitters at Sophia's Choice Politically Correct? Well, unfortunately, <laughs> Sophia's Choice Podcast was too long to be our at name. But if you gotcha. search for Sophia's Choice Podcast, that's like our, our gotcha. name. But the at is at Sophia's Choice PC. Cool. So if you just search for Sophia's Choice Podcast, same thing will come up. Cool. Um, uh, so, yeah, yeah. So spend time on the Twitters, people. Yeah. So, yeah. Any of those ways you can reach out to us. But no matter which way you do it, you won't be the first one yes. who's not in our family to do so. I'm excited. Because, yeah. That that goes to uh, uh, Numi from uh, from Sweden. Wow. Nice. Yeah. So I'll read you guys the uh, the message that she sent us through Facebook. Mm-hmm. It says, uh, hi, I guess I'm the new listener in Sweden who maybe has been listening through the whole season up to this point. I'm glad to be here. I think you have guessed it. Rose is my favorite, then Sophia, and Coco, of course. Don't forget Coco. Rose is the MVP as frequently as needed. Hugs and kisses and stay golden. Um, I, now, I did go on to, to ask Numi mm-hmm. wow. if uh, she had a favorite amongst the three of us. <laughs> Um, and she said, not yet. She hasn't chosen a okay. favor, but she'll let us know when she does. Okay. Um, I did say, though, that I was just going to tell you that you came in third. Brent, that <laughs> <is."> <laughs> <laughs> I, I said I was going to say that I was clearly number one, yeah. but Ski was a relatively close second. Yeah. Followed. Big drop off <laughs> for <right>. number three. <laughs> so, it's okay. But, yeah. I still appreciate Numi taking right. the time to comment. Yeah, Now, Numi, though, she... Uh, she did follow up that I could tell you whatever I wanted to, but nice. um, but she did not commit to okay. to preferring one of the three of us at this point. Totally fine. <laughs> yeah, totally fine. So yeah, so pretty ex- oh, son of a. Thank you, Numi. Yeah, thank you, Numi, um, for being our first comment. Hopefully, we'll have another one uh, sometime soon. I, I did want to uh, also. Did you just curse? I did on accident because I thought that it wasn't recording, but it is. <laughs> so that was not directed towards Newman. Not at all directed towards Newman. No, it's just directed towards myself, basically, but uh, unfounded even in that case. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I did think I should also, you know, we have we have mentioned Sherry several times on the podcast as probably our number one listener. Mm-hmm. Um, Thank you, Sherry. Yeah, and uh, and I think that we have at least one other person that I know of that is a very loyal and consistent listener, and that's my cousin Dave. So I, I should definitely is that right. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. Thanks, Dave, Dave actually was one of the people who um, I don't know helped encourage me towards doing this podcast because he's also a big Golden Girls fan and. Uh, you know, has a great sense of humor. So, um, thank you, Dave. Yeah, and and it's his daughter Ashley is the one who Ash, Ashley Jade is uh, who did our our opening as well. So, very nice. Yep. So, 
So yeah, so nice. lots of people to uh, throw a little love to. Thank you, but Ashley. Definitely want to want to recognize Numi for being our first non-family member comment. Yes. So, and <laughs> with you. that, uh, with that out of the way, I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to Ski to start this recap. Oh man, I feel under under uh, important now. That seems like a lot more interesting. If you let Numi down, I will never forgive you. <laughs> it, understandably. <laughs> <laughs> so as as Mr. I, Allen I, said, what, uh, what, I don't know what the currency is in Sweden, but I hope she's getting that worth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Now, was it in English, or did you have to translate? No, no, it was in English, um, and, and, and pretty good English, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely say. Um, you just read it to me. I thought it was fine English. Yeah, well, I did change maybe one word oh. where it may have been a typo more than a mistake gotcha. on, a, you know, on her English. But, uh, okay. yeah, it was, it was very well written. Nope. So. Yeah. Although I think, in fairness to us you know, less educated Americans. Mm-hmm. I think that most other countries uh, tend to emphasize learning second languages a lot more mm. than we do. Oh, yeah. very much so, yeah. Absolutely, right. absolutely. Um, yeah, her English is definitely better than my Swedish. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, I'm pretty sure your Swedish would just be the chef from uh, the Muppets. Exactly. Um, and half my furniture that I bought at Ikea. Right. <laughs> Good point. So. They got new vegetarian meatballs at Ikea. Oh, like do they? They switched the recipe a while back, and I really like the new ones a lot better. Now, how often do you eat vegetarian? Are you full-on vegetarian at this point? No, oh, no. Okay. Um, I, mean, I eat at every opportunity that I get, but that's only like when we're out. Um, my wife doesn't allow me to have tofu on the premises. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, but like if we're out or something, you know, I'll, I'll get the tofu or the veggie burger or something like that. Not mm-hmm. all the time, but again, every chance I get. Now, have you had the impossible water? Is it impossible water? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Is it good? I've heard it's good. It's really good. Yeah. It's really good. Um, I get it um, uh, with just uh, mustard, pickles, and onions. Gotcha. So it's dry as hell, but <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy it. So. Now, do you eat the vegetarian options because it's a bit more healthy or because, uh, you know, you have at least a, a small inkling of wanting to kill one less animal? Mm-hmm. Uh, All the above. Oh, okay. Yeah, just the environmental things and the animal thing and just a little bit healthier thing. One of my favorite, um, I don't know if it was a, I can't remember if it was a t-shirt or uh, just a phrase on something said that, uh, I'm not a vegetarian because I love animals. I'm a vegetarian because I hate plants. Hmm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. I've never, uh, I've never tried to walk that path myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have had vegetarian options here and there, mm-hmm. and, and generally speaking, it's uh, yeah. usually pretty good. Maybe yeah. one of these days I'll become a little more enlightened and mm-hmm. uh, start abusing less animals uh, yeah. with my eating habits. Mm-hmm. But not you. today. Yeah. So. Well, maybe today. No. Are you having another meal? Uh, probably not today. And if I do eat even a snack, it's it's really unlikely to have meat as part of it. Yeah. <laughs> mink but, patty. Yeah, mink patty. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Obviously, as Golden Girls fans, we can't give a shit about the minks. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, except for Brent, who you know torpedoes an episode because he's so. But, you know, that's a... He's got principles. you got to right. respect it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. I, he, he does stand by one or two here and there. So. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, sorry about that uh, that tangent, Soski. Yeah. Not at all. All right, so as he said, episode title was uh, Big Daddy's Little Lady. Uh, the original air date was November 15th, 1986. Uh, it was written by Russell Marcus and directed by David Steinberger, or Steinberg, sorry. Apparently, he was a very famous uh, comedian in the <laughs> 60s and 70s. Yeah. Hmm. He, um, 
directed um, Norm Macdonald's Norm doing stand-up special. Oh, really? Which I'm a big, big fan of. Yeah, and he well, was on. And you love David Letterman, right? Yeah. Apparently, he was on. No, no, not David Letterman. He was on uh, uh, Tonight Show a lot, I guess. Yeah. Not a big fan of that. <laughs> yeah. I can't think of much of uh, Norm Macdonald that I'm not a fan of. So anybody that's associated with him, mm-hmm. you know, one way or the other, I'm you know on board with. Agreed. Well, Are I we... guess I can't say anybody. There's got to be some <laughs> you know horrible people that you know in some way, shape, or form have crossed paths. Some skeezy lawyer that he dealt with, or well, yeah. I mean, there's somebody who's been me too for sure has been <laughs> part of. You know, Norm Macdonald's had a long career. Um, that's true. So. Gonna have uh, some paths crossed, right? Right, exactly. So uh, we open in the kitchen. We see Sophia sit down at the table with a newspaper, and uh, Dorothy enters directly after, asking if she's uh, working on the crossword. Uh, we find out, however, that Sophia is actually checking the obituaries to find newly single men, uh, widowers, to find dates. Yeah, it seems like a lot of work just to find dates. <laughs> um, and I would have to think, wouldn't there be some? I, I don't know. I mean, but I would think that, especially in Miami. A, a city that has a, a healthy, um, older person population, that there you wouldn't have to search for someone who just became um, a, a <laughs> widow in order to get someone to go to the movies with you. But maybe opportunistic in this case. Yeah, I guess she so. Was, she don't want to get a used up widower. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't seem <laughs> like she has any designs on a long term relationship. It's just she wants someone to hang out with, which in a way is kind of sad. <laughs> um, but. Yeah, I guess it's good that she wants to, you know, keep an active social life even into her golden years. Well, uh, Dorothy, you know, figuring out what she's actually looking at the paper for says that that's sick. Uh, But Sophia disagrees and says, you know, it's practical because, you know, life is for the living. Right. Uh, She exits and Rose then comes into the kitchen holding another piece of the newspaper. Uh, She shows Dorothy an article about uh, Miami retailers sponsoring a songwriting contest with a $10,000 grand prize uh, for a song promoting the city. Uh, she explains that uh, she plans to enter the contest, and Dorothy, somewhat rudely, kind of uh, questions her plan, almost scoffs at her. Right. It's like, you? Uh, Rose explains that you know she has written songs before, and then proceeds to sing the St. Olaf High School fight song that they apparently still sing to this day. Uh, it is less than lyrically uh, wonderful, but uh, it is definitely catchy. Yeah. I do appreciate the fact that, you know, we, we have seen yet another aspect of Rose's talents. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, of course, it leads to us finding a little more out about Dorothy's talents, too. Mm-hmm. So. True that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Dorothy then has an idea and tells Rose that, you know, she dabbled in poetry back in high school. Rose responds, I thought this was a pretty great line. That's nothing to be ashamed of. <laughs> and that many girls, you know, many tall girls that couldn't get dates wrote poetry back in high school. Right. <laughs> It was a nice shot of both tall women as well as uh, well, po- poets. <laughs> yeah, my, my favorite part of that was the fact that Rose was totally legitimately honest, <laughs> like, like like not uh, trying to be rude. Right, yeah. Just almost comforting yeah. <laughs> in her insult. Uh, Dorothy then clarifies her idea that, you know, for $10,000, uh, she'd be willing to team up with uh, Rose and uh, write the lyrics to her music. Yeah. Well, there was... Um I can't remember the exact phrase, or at least I, I think I have it written down, but I can't. Uh, I don't know if I could get my. Oh, that's, that's coming up. Yeah. Oh, okay. Is that here another? That's actually yeah, my, that's my favorite. Uh, <laughs> my favorite line of the show. Yeah. <laughs> well, then I guess I'm glad you have it written down because my uh, poor handwriting. He's about to say my favorite. Oh, okay. <laughs> Is it yours too? 
Uh, so, yeah, so Dorothy quickly compares, you know, this new idea she's had to other great writing teams like Rodgers and Hammerstein. Yay, yay. <laughs> <laughs> Which, remember, kids, <laughs> Rodgers and Hammerstein was the follow-up to Rodgers and Hart, uh. as we discussed last week. <laughs> Lorenz Hart died in 1943. Rest in peace. Yes. Two weeks in a row. We got a little Rogers and Hart. Oh, it's funny because we're going to have a, a little, um, another little two-week-in-a-row thing, so you'll have to stay tuned because this will be the first week, and then you'll have to figure out what it is the second week, um, a, a little running theme through this episode and the next. Oh, so so that'll be a little teaser for both you and the listener. Nice. Ooh. I think I may know what you're talking about, but we'll revisit that later. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, she also you know compares them to Simon and Garfunkel, and then uh, Rose adds Sherry Lewis and Lamb Chop. Yeah. <laughs> Dorothy kind of stares at her somewhat in uh, disbelief and says, and this is, I think, the line that you're looking for. Yep. I don't know if I can get my hand that far up your dress, but I'll tell you, for $10,000, I'd be willing to give it a try. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was maybe my favorite line of the episode. I'll have to wait till we get through the rest to see if anything else uh, jogs my memory, but I really <laughs> like that one. And the pause was great in it, too. Yeah. It is... Dorothy's, you know, her implication. Is that going to be followed up next week? Uh, no, no, okay. that's not. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's there's no uh, backdoor shenanigans going on the following week. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a definite yeah. uh, game changer for right, the series. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I actually, you know, we'll come to this a little later on, but the series in one little tiny uh one little tiny part took a bit of a step back this mm-hmm. week um but that's coming up later in this gotcha. episode so another teaser you know <laughs> but that gotcha. one will just keep you listening through to the end of this one exactly so so far we've discussed last week's episode this week's episode and next week's episode right yeah and only <laughs> three minutes into the show i know yeah. yeah by the end of it we may be all the way back to season one episode two mm-hmm. so. exactly well we do have you know some coming up so right uh blanche uh then enters the kitchen and uh Rose tells her about the new plan they have for her and Dorothy to enter the songwriting contest. Blanche enthusiastically tells them that it sounds like a lot of fun, adding that she always wanted to write a song, uh, but it was a little too much like poetry, which she was never very good at. And then she, of course, adds, only tall girls who couldn't get dates seem to be very or any good at writing poetry. Yeah, that was a really good callback. I like that. And, and almost immediately, too. Yeah. So uh, The phone rings, and it's Blanche's big, her father, Big Daddy. Uh, he tells, uh, well, first he's talking to Dorothy, but it quickly hands off to Blanche. Uh, he tells her that he'll be in town on Friday with a big surprise. Which, if you remember, that's kind of how the last one went. Last time he was on uh, the show. Uh, Blanche is very excited about this. Sophia then uh, re-enters the kitchen and tells the girl that she just can't believe that she was turned down by Tony, I think it's Malinaro, uh, for a date on Friday uh, night. Dorothy is not shocked by the... Uh, sorry, Dorothy's not shot by this because, you know, his wife just passed away. Right, yeah, you think he's still being mourning, of course. But, but mm-hmm. Sophia, you know, explains that mourning has nothing to do with it, uh, that May Bloomfield beat him to it, <laughs> or beat her to it. Right. So uh, we change scenes. We've seen uh, Dorothy entering the house, and she asked Rose if she had a chance to, uh, quote-unquote, play around with the lyrics I gave you. Uh, Rose told her yes and jumps right into playing a very melodic tune on the uh, piano. Dorothy tells her it sounds great. What? Say so what? A what tune? Melodic or mel- melodic? Melodic. Gotcha. Sorry. Cool. My mistake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. Before we started recording the podcast, I commented that um, Brent and Ski are the two smartest guys that I know. <laughs> 
and now it feels like a little bit of a power play. Um, <laughs> exactly. Just waiting for my opportunity to pounce. Right. <laughs> it's like you put the emphasis on the wrong syllable. <laughs> what was that on? I forget. It was uh, the airplane movie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, up in the not up in the air. What was the airplane movie called? Was it called Airplane? Was it? No, no it no. was the one with the stewardesses and the the Mike Myers and the Christina Applegate and the yeah, it wasn't a great movie overall. Up in the air and the Gwyneth Paltrow. Up in the, the air might be or no, I feel like Up in the Air might have been the one with um, George Clooney. Yeah, and yeah, Mara Jade or whatever her name is. Um, um, but Mara Rooney, I think I don't know. It doesn't that one doesn't first matter. First in flight. I don't know what was the movie called. Yeah, I, I don't know, but it, it's definitely. I know the one you're talking about yeah. and thinking about, but um, and it wasn't a good movie overall. But that one <laughs> line was yeah. an excellent line. Yeah, and maybe I've not seen the movie then, but I've definitely heard that line before. So yeah, maybe it was drawn out special for some kind mm-hmm. of other clip. I well, use it quite often. I really like that line. Yeah. Well, and Brent's going to be looking for that movie. So now, if you have any mistakes to get out of your right, system, right. now's the yeah. time so you don't get so called she, out. So she she played a very melodic tune <laughs> on the piano. Uh, Dorothy and then tells her that sounded great. And uh, said, let's take it from the top. And Rose is very tickled by this phrase and cheerfully says that, you know, that phrase sounds so musical. After a, a short banner to the back and forth, they kind of get to work. View from the top. Oh, okay. Who all's in that? Uh, that features um, a cast of uh, Kelly Preston, rest in peace. Uh, Gwyneth Paltrow, rest in peace. Uh, Christine Applegate, I like her. Yeah. Mike Myers, rest in peace. Stacy Dash, rest in peace. <laughs> uh, Candace Bergen, I still like. Um, and then as far as the uh, gentlemen in the thing go. Um, so the ones that are still alive, you're saying rest in peace. Is that just because if, they're just dead if to they're you? dead to me, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so. Why would Mike Myers be dead to you? The third Austin Powers push you over the edge? Uh, I don't know. Or he story. just never was alive to you? Oh, it's a yeah. long story. It is. It is. Um, but as far as like the gentleman in there, I will go from like last place to first place as okay. far as coolness goes. Okay. Um, so we got Rob Lowe in fifth place, uh, Mark Ruffalo in fourth place, and third place we got Stephen Tobolowski. Don't know who that is offhand. Um, he was Ned Ryerson in Groundhog Day. Oh, okay. Um, in second place, um, I America's put Mark Ruffalo above that guy. John Polito. Again, the the name offhand doesn't. Uh... Uh, he was um, in Big Lebowski. He oh, was okay. the brother Seamus. And then in the top spot uh, for men in that movie, uh, Mr. Joshua Molina, who hey. played Randy Jones. Uh, so that's three out of the five I don't recognize the name of. The top three of that. Yeah. So And what was... Uh, Josh Molina? Yeah. Um, you may remember him from such things as... Well, I don't know. Lots of stuff. But anyways, he was in Sports <laughs> Night, which was oh. my all-time favorite sitcom. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, that, that was a... I don't know. An interesting list of people that I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, so, like... It does seem like it was pretty star-studded. Yeah. So like he, Brent's um, heart in mind. Well, I'm saying like it's had like Candace yeah. Bergen. And well, yeah, yeah, and definitely had several that were big stars. So like Josh Molina, um, he did the uh, the Few Good Men um, 
you know, the Tom Cruise movie, uh-huh. whatever. Um, so it was started off with like a Broadway player or whatever. And he was the Tom Cruise part. Oh, you know? okay. And then like they made the movie. And so he, then he was like, you know, fourth attorney to the left oh. or something. Because <laughs> Tom Cruise wanted the top spot. But anyways, like, and then he was on Sports Night and a bunch of other stuff. But now like he just pops up in random things. It's like, oh, he's a principal on iCarly. Oh. <laughs> Different things like that. So, but Joshua Molina. Hmm talented man okay, fair enough um, I gotta love Ned Ryerson though yeah, He's, yeah. Uh, he'd definitely be a high on my list yes <laughs> so oh and just uh, while we're on the subject of movies it did come to me that up in the air it's um, Anna Kendrick is the one playing opposite George Clooney in that Correct. one so yeah. I, I named a few other names that were incorrect, but yeah, you're like Mara Rooney. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, who's a petite red hairish girl? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, at least I was in the same, you know, yeah, you know, body frame, both small humans, right? So. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> Billy Barty, <laughs> <laughs> both small female humans. <laughs> Anyways, so where were we? Oh, you know. I'm sorry to also just go back. Ski did skip over one a line that I really enjoyed from that opening scene where Big Daddy calls in. Mm-hmm. You haven't got to that part yet. Well, he called already. Well, yeah, yeah. But, okay, so yeah, so we're past that. He called in, and then when Dorothy is saying goodbye to him, she says, uh, bye, Big, mm-hmm. um, which I don't know. It was a small thing, but it's like it the idea that Big yeah. is his first name. Yeah. <laughs> but Sorry, go ahead, though. Uh, so, you know, Rose is playing piano. You know, sounds really great. Uh, take it from the top. Rose kind of is tickled by the phrase and cheerfully says that, you know, sounds so musical. Uh, after a short ba- banter back and forth, Rose begins to play and Dorothy, you know, starts to sing. Mm-hmm. However, uh, Rose has uh, altered the lyrics ever so slightly to fit with the tune. Yeah. So uh, now the words don't exactly make sense. Real quick. So, um, and their little banter back and forth, um, you know, and Dorothy tells her to tickle the ivories. Yes. And Betty White does this coochie coochie coo thing. That was just my favorite moment from really? the entire. <laughs> so I just I'm never sorry, loved I skipped Betty over White it. more. <laughs> she was just so adorable, and then she laughed at her own bit, which she you know, did I love it. You're absolutely for. right. <laughs> so. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we'll, we'll get to our ratings at the end, but yeah, yeah fair enough for as far as the moments of this episode go. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah. Well, I apologize for not oh, no, highlighting you're it. You're fine. No, it, uh, was, it was like his, you know, buy big. Right. <laughs> it was just, it was something for me and Numi. <laughs> but uh, so the uh, the words were supposed to be, Miami is nice. So I'll say it twice. And then it is followed by three, Miami is nices. <laughs> See, I kept going back and forth on this in that I think it's okay as is. Because she's like, Miami is nice. So I'll say it twice. Miami is nice. And I think that qualifies as the second time. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think you have to restart the tally. Oh, over. okay. You so, know? well, do you think that she should have just stopped then with that second one? Um, no. Or you think it's okay that she then did it two more times? I think she's okay doing it two more times, but here's the twist. Okay. Okay. It's Miami is nice. So I'll say it twice. Miami is nice. Then it's Miami is nice. <laughs> And then it's, Miami is nice, you know, like it's a, like somebody uh, is questioning whether Miami is nice. And then she emphatically says it. Changing the syllables. Exactly. <laughs> so it's just Miami is nice. So I'll say it twice. Miami is nice. Miami is nice. Miami is nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I, I see where you're going with it and I'm okay with it in theory. The only problem is I don't know if 
the Miami tourist board <laughs> where I would want someone questioning but I mean to be convinced you know that no, Miami is nice and back at the end of the song and that person's like oh Miami is nice <laughs> <laughs> again though I don't know if I want the song to have to do the convincing um, <laughs> well, to it a skeptic of Miami <laughs> of course Rose has her own suggestion on how to fix it right I, li- I like it when a commercial breaks the fourth wall though oh okay <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm sorry Rose's suggestion. Oh, yeah. Rose's suggestion is Miami is nice, so I'll say it thrice. thrice. Yes. I had no problem with her version. Now, Dorothy <laughs> did not like the word thrice, but no. I, I'm a fan of the word thrice. Yeah. Um, I am. Um, so, when uh, my wife and I watched this episode a few years back when we tried to um, rewatch all the Golden Girls, um, I, I really liked it. And so, from that point forward, you know, I started saying thrice as often as I could, mm. mainly because it sort of annoys my better half. <laughs> <laughs> and so like and so she one of the times when I rewatched it for this whole thing um the other day I got and she's like who says thrice and I you know raised my hand from the couch and I was like you just say it to annoy me <laughs> well she also brings up uh you know uh intrauterine is also a word yeah mm-hmm. but you don't put it in a song and then so Rose of course tries to say mm-hmm. I think I think the line was something like Nothing's Miami cuter is... than an inner uterine or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or Miami's cuter than an inner uterine, which I was like, that's a baby, essentially. I mean, it's something inside the uterus, which would be a baby. She's anti-fetus. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's so in, I would inner think, uterus. I think if you were an inner uterine, then that would make you a baby. Um, no, I thought... it could be inner uterine. And, oh. But if you were an inner uterine, then you'd be the object inside the uterus, which would then be I was baby. thinking of inner uterine. Oh. Or like your urethra or whatever. Oh, like your urethra. <laughs> inner, yeah, urethra. <laughs> like inner urethra. Oh. That's what I was thinking of. I thought they were seeing that see that not being something in... up the pee hole. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah, that would definitely. Um... I can see that not being as cute. No. <laughs> no. Miami is definitely cuter than something being jammed in my pee hole, that's for sure. But I don't think it'd be fair to say it. Now, granted, an inner uterine would be potentially a not fully developed baby. So maybe, you know, Miami is cuter than a baby at only stage, you know, fifth month, but, um, <laughs> but you know, full, a full grown baby inside cuter the, than a baby with a botched amniocentesis. Right. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Why not? It's a bold I'm not, stance. Be botched. I'm just saying that, you know, a baby gestates for, you know, what, 40 weeks. If, um, if it was only week 20, it would that look like an made, alien. Right. It wouldn't necessarily be as cute as Miami, but a full-grown baby. Maybe spots of Miami. We've been to the to Miami before. Oh, yeah. There are definitely, definitely areas. Some, uh, some, yeah, some sketchy areas. Yeah. You Not too, to Miami? Yeah. Yeah, oh. yeah when we um, were preparing for this show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for your trip? Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. But no, not for that trip, no. Uh, we went to Miami when... Spring break. Yeah, spring break, oh. about 20 two years ago something like that <laughs> yeah spring it wasn't our senior year yeah, yeah it was oh did we stop in there that time too mm-hmm. did we stop there when we went the stop next in year there. it's not on the way to anything well we were going to you, uh, me and Lance, it was senior year i'm almost positive yeah i mean we basically drove from here to the keys stopping at a few places in florida mm-hmm. on the way gotcha. so um i don't think we actually stayed we stayed, stayed in key largo key largo yeah for a, a couple nights i think where's that in relation to montego um, I don't know, but uh, <laughs> why don't we go? <laughs> it's much farther than Kokomo, Indiana is. I can yeah. tell you that much. So. But anyways. So, yeah, uh, Dorothy did not like the uh, thrice idea. Uh, Blanche at this point enters and tells the girls to smell her because she'd uh, used uh, the last little bit of perfume that Big Daddy gave her yeah, on her 21st birthday. 
what she says was 20 years ago mm-hmm. and wants to know if it still smells good. You would think that like a tiny drop of perfume would have evaporated yeah. in the intervening. Well, I mean, I guess it would be something where perhaps she wasn't saving it for the last 20 years. She's just used it very sparingly, and now she's down to the last drop. Yeah, yeah. Um, or maybe it's like, you know, I've heard of people uh, pouring um, water on ketchup <laughs> to make it last longer. <laughs> maybe it's a similar kind of a yeah. thing from the you know poorer regions of the South. <laughs> so. Well, and then Dorothy even says something along the lines of... Uh, you know, I only smell uh, milk. That's that's our deal or something. Right. Uh, so she'd use the last little bit of perfume that Big Daddy gave her on her 21st birthday. And uh, Rose Point said if that was only 20 years ago, she'd only be 41. And Blanche kind of agrees and smiles. Mm-hmm. Rose's face then kind of drops and says, well, you look terrible for your age. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a good line for sure. Uh, Blanche kind of laughs this off and then heads back to her own room. Uh, at this point, the doorbell rings, and Dorothy goes to answer it. Uh, it is Big Daddy, and he comes in and greets everybody with his, you know, classic Southern uh, man charm. Uh, when Blanche enters, he goes into a very lovely but specific description of how pretty she looks. Right. Like, you're uh, beautiful, more beautiful than, like, a ladybug on a <laughs> lily pad and <laughs> something about south of Savannah. Uh, Big Daddy, uh, oh, and then... Um, Sophia then comes in, and uh, he compliments her also. And, of course, she quickly responds, get out the boots. He's back. Right. Which I thought was a pretty great line. Now, this is a new Big Daddy, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. and, and I've, got know, a, I've got some info on that at the end of this. Oh, okay. Well, I can, I'll definitely say this much. That I can think of in any situation where an actor has been replaced by another actor to play the same role you know which i couldn't think of a ton you know like i know like the two darrens of course is probably maybe the most famous from bewitched mm-hmm. um, but there's been a handful throughout time i can't think of a a time and i even looked into it a little bit i don't think there's ever been a worse replacement in my opinion <laughs> oh, yeah. i'm not talking about the body necessarily the guy's work um because mm-hmm. uh, he does have uh you know, I'm sure plenty of great credits to his name, but the uh, I really liked Big Daddy in the first episode, yes. and I really hated Big Daddy in this episode. Uh, I would see the original Big Daddy in concert, yeah, but not this guy. Oh yeah, this guy. Yeah, I would I, I dance on his grave. Um, wow, that's right. No, I, I, I didn't hate him enough to move me to action, but um, <laughs> but yeah, I really disliked. Uh, I felt like they took a huge step back from like you know a, K, a Colonel Sanders almost esque Southern gentleman to yeah. this kind of curmudgeonly old man. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah. Uh, so they sit down on the couch to talk, and uh, Big Daddy explains that he's been seeing the widow Spencer, right? And they plan on getting married. You know, uh, I like Blanche. That line. So good. I liked him when he just called her the widow Spencer. Yeah, <laughs> I got a kick out of that. Uh, Blanche then will apparently be getting to meet her uh, tomorrow night. Uh, Blanche is extremely happy to hear all this news and tells her father that nobody can replace her mother, but she wants she just wants him to be happy. Uh, and the, the other girls are very happy too. Uh, Blanche says that they'll have a big celebration, uh, but he tells her that you know they plan to get married in the Bahamas and really don't want anything big or a, a party or anything. However, Blanche insists, and uh, Dorothy then follows up saying that they'd love to have the wedding at the house, which seems to be a theme in the mm-hmm. series. Lots of uh, events at this house. Right. Yeah, I did think we were going to get. Would, would, would that have been our third wedding at the house? Mm-hmm. I think um, so. Yeah. So, but 
uh, Rose throws in that uh, the idea that her and Dorothy could even write a song to commemorate the occasion, which uh, Dorothy immediately shuts down. <laughs> right. Uh, Big Daddy agrees to have the ceremony with them, saying he never could tell Blanche no. Uh, the phone rings, and Sophia picks it up. Uh, another elder lady in the neighborhood, not neighborhood necessarily, but someone that they knew, right. uh, has apparently passed away. And, of course, Sophia expresses her condolences over the phone. But as soon as she hangs up the phone, she tells the girls, great news. <laughs> and uh, she's excited because you know, the deceased uh, husband, Freddie, is now free to go out. Right. And my little extra about uh, the change in uh, actors is that a different actor played Big Daddy in this episode. His name is David Wayne. Because the previous one, uh, Murray Hamilton, who had played the role in season one, had passed away from lung cancer just earlier that year. Mm-hmm. So Rest in peace, Murray. The world's a poorer place without you in season two. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So the, the golden girls world, at the very least, has definitely uh, <laughs> suffered from the loss of Murray. But. Uh, we have another scene change, and uh, we see Rose and Dorothy. Go ahead. Um, I don't know. Well, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say it since we're talking about it and everything. Like, we can talk about it again at the end. But, I mean, basically the whole episode was just a rehash of the first time we had Big Daddy. You know, it's basically the exact same plot, yeah. except, you know, it's a lady instead of country singing. Yeah, right. Yeah. But it's like, and maybe that's why it just seems so much more noticeable that this bloke is not nearly as good as Murray was. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, I thought it was a pretty good episode the first time around. Yeah, um, exactly. It, the funny, I thought it was funny, though, because Blanche is so excited to find out what Big Daddy surprises. And it's like, didn't he temper your excitement the last time he had a big surprise? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's town? what I was kind of <laughs> getting at. Like, that exactly. seems very uh, throwbackish. Yeah, exactly. But uh, to, to Brent's point, yeah, the entire plot really is yeah. a well, rehash of some sort. It, it, it's one of those things that, like, what the surprise could be. Like, obviously, it's a good thing, so he's not going to be like, I got the cancer, you know? Surprise! So, yeah. like, really, there aren't a whole lot of things it could be. Right. I mean, he's not going to be like, I'm opening a Chevy dealership or, yeah. or something, you know? Yeah. Well, and it's funny, because in this episode, they don't at all bring up his music career. Mm-hmm. Um, not once. Yeah. And because uh, that would have been the potential surprise. Like, oh, you know what? I, I've hit it big, and I've signed a record contract. Exactly. But instead, it's like, remember that music career that I fought you to have? I'm giving it up for the Widow Spencer. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> I'm tired of not being loved. <laughs> exactly. So, I'm sorry. Nope. No, that's not fine. Uh, Rose and Dorothy enter the living room, and uh, they ask Blanche if she'll listen to a song that they've been working all night, or a version of this, obviously. Uh, she gladly agrees. Uh, they begin, but are cut short by Blanche after just a few lines. Uh, she points out that MIA, uh, what was it like? MIA, another MI or something. But MIA, MI does not spell Miami Beach. It just spells Miami. Uh, and they're trying to, Rose kind of nips at Dorothy saying they shouldn't have tried to shoehorn in the word beach. Um, but Dorothy protests. Say what? It was out of reach. <laughs> See, if you would have been there, Brent, you could have uh, really helped these ladies out with mm-hmm. their... That could have been Loren's heart to there. Yeah. There you go. Uh, <laughs> I mean, if, if there's Rogers. one thing Brent knows how to bust, it's a rhyme. So. Exactly. <laughs> As we established last week. Right. That's absolutely true, yes. Credit where credit is due. But uh, Dorothy protests, telling her that, you know, she needs to come up with a good word to rhyme with Miami. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rose then suggests a few, including Hootenanny and Salami. (laughs) (laughs) 
But uh, she says Hoot Nanny is maybe barely, but she throws salami straight out. She won't accept it. Exactly. And obviously they don't have a Denny's or a Moon's Over Miami. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. She does so like whammy, though, yeah. doesn't she? So, mm-hmm. yeah. You guys ever had the moons over my hammy? I have. I think I have at least once. It's really good. I know. I, I've been to Denny's with you on multiple occasions after, uh, you know, mm-hmm. late viewing of a dollar fifty movie, mm-hmm. um, and, and that seems to be your standard order, at least the most standard that of things that you get. Really? Yeah, I think so. Mm. I mean, it depends on what your, you know. I would say like the veggie skillet thing would be the thing I'd get the most. I don't know. I'd say it'd be close. I would say that in the past. I don't know, three or four years, the veggie skillet mm-hmm. would be the most, but the yeah. prior three or four years, I'd say the moons over Miami would have been really? the most. Yeah. See, I couldn't tell you the last time I had one. Oh, really? Like, Probably about I four years I've... ago. <laughs> <laughs> I know I've had it, but like if you told me I hadn't had one in 15 years, I'd mm. be like, okay. Mm. I mean, I definitely recall you ordering them on more than one occasion. Yeah. So. Speaking of rest in peace, though, uh, our days of going to late $1, $50 or 50 cent movies is over. Well, I mean, not over. They're just delayed. No. Oh well, yeah, the dollar fifty because yeah, that one mm-hmm. went away. But still go to a, still go to a late movie even if well, I had to pay full could, price. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was very disappointing when the Cinemark switched over to being a first run theater. Yeah, I'm blaming gentrification. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Dorothy does not like any of the ideas that uh, Rose uh, tries to rhyme with Miami. Uh, Blanche goes into the. <laughs> Well, go ahead. I forget what she said, but it just struck me as funny. She's like, you know, Hoot Nanny is marginal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Slammy. I won't even accept that. Yeah. <laughs> I like that she gave it some serious consideration before she responded. Fair enough, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. She didn't call her out on it, and then right. Rose came with, yeah. with like four or five ideas. Exactly. Not all good, but, uh, you know, yeah. somewhat viable. Yeah. So uh, Blanche heads into the uh, kitchen to uh, get... Uh, some, I think, coffee, because mm-hmm. she's expecting the caterer to come over to plan, obviously, the uh, wedding. <laughs> Rose and Dorothy kind of bicker back and forth a minute, and then uh, the doorbell rings. Dorothy answers and invites in a, a pretty young lady, assuming that she is from the catering company, uh, but she corrects, her, corrects them, introducing herself as Margaret Spencer. Rose responds with, What a coincidence. Blanche's father is married to Margaret Spencer from Atlanta. Only she's much older, I think. What do you think, Dorothy? <laughs> you can kind of hear her confidence, you know, getting fainter as she speaks. You know, obviously realizing that this is the same Margaret Spencer. Right. Dorothy uh, only follows up with, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> so, that, so, like, the widow Spencer, you know, who looked a lot like Anne Margaret. Like, she was, like, 39 in real life. Oh, okay. Something At like that. At the time that, that went on. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it's... Because... Uh, Blanche is what fifty two. Yeah, so it's like a thirteen year difference, something like that. Yeah, so. it's definitely enough to be a significant difference. Um, yeah, yeah, but I mean that's that's younger than I am now. Now, do you currently. think you would have an issue with it if either of your parents, you know, got married to someone who was ten years or more young, younger than you are? Um, so father's sixty four. I'm rounding up because I don't think he's quite that. So half of that's thirty two. You know, plus seven, so thirty nine. It would be like his cutoff or whatever, yeah, well, which would be younger than me. Yeah, but not 10 years. Yeah, yeah. So so you'd be okay with it if it was a little younger than you because that would still be your half it, plus long, seven. Yeah, as long as it is the half plus seven, mm, you know, okay. I can't complain, you know. So. I will say my, my father passed away a few years back. If my mom 
you know, introduced me to her new boyfriend that was 10 years younger than me, I probably would have a problem with it. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, like, introduced you at the funeral or... Like, 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 how long after he passed would she be allowed? Well, it's to... been over. It's like, well, I think he just means now. Okay, if, gotcha. if she introduced him now to uh, exactly, like, if it was at the funeral, that'd probably be even more so. I'm like, Mom, it's like, that's that's starting, rough. Starting to wonder if those brake lines really did rust on their own. <laughs> oh, Brent, yeah. <laughs> Well, they were already divorced at the time. Gotcha. So, yeah, gotcha. I, I don't believe. But barely. Just was, barely? Yeah, like months. Mm. So That sucks. I'm sorry. My dad couldn't live without her, I guess. Yeah, I guess not. Oh. I feel bad, Neil. Yeah. Don't feel bad. Yeah, it's really brought it down the podcast now. Mm-hmm. But thanks a lot, Robert. <laughs> I'm just going to cry in the corner, guys. Right. I'd like to apologize to Numi for bumming you out. <laughs> Uh, just then, Blanche uh, re-enters the room. <laughs> really sorry. I really hope we're pronouncing her her name correctly. I, I can't imagine any other way that it would be. It's gotcha. N-O-O-M-I. N-O-O-M-I. So, yeah. Okay. So. Okay. It's not like Naomi or something. Like no, I mean, unless unless okay. unless she put her name different on gotcha. Facebook than what yeah. it actually yeah. is. So. Okay. Well, I apologize if I am mispronouncing it, Naomi. Or Naomi. And, and I don't apologize because I'm only pronouncing it the way it's spelled. So. Gotcha. <laughs> Is there an umlaut or anything? Uh, I don't. I don't believe so. Okay. Um, at least not. I think there might have been one in the last name, but not in the first. Gotcha. So Blanche then enters the room, and you know, she also you can tell assumes <laughs> that uh, the lady is from the catering company, and cheerily introduces herself. Um, but before mm-hmm. um, Margaret has a chance to respond, Dorothy interjects and introduces their guest, uh, kind of tripping over her words on how to present the young lady. She just kind of settles on. Say hello to Big Mommy. Yeah. <laughs> and you can see uh, Blanche's face kind of uh, sink when she realized what's going on. I'm glad she didn't introduce her as Big Mammy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then well, Rose is like, oh, I got a rhyme. Right. <laughs> um, well, you did skip over one line there. And now I can't remember the setup of the line. I know there were three people on the couch. And um, and I, and Rose has something to do either to Dorothy or about Dorothy that she uh, probably uh, probably don't even know that thrice of them are sitting on the couch together. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I don't, like I said, I can't remember the entire setup of the line, but I just remember liking that line. Oh, mm-hmm. something like, you know, uh, she used another word. She's like, that's another word you don't know. Um, so being very congenial, uh, Margaret apologizes for being so early and explains that, you know, traffic just wasn't what she expected it to be. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming this case it was lighter uh, she tells Blanche that she's you know, very happy to finally meet her and that her father has told her so much about you and Blanche responds oh I wish I could say the same uh, Dorothy suggests that you know she take a seat and then offers her a drink Blanche immediately kind of makes some snide comments under her breath uh, implying that you know she's just a child All right uh, Blanche and Dorothy kind of stand off to the side of the room while Rose sits down to talk to Margaret uh, Rose asks if uh, Atlanta has been rebuilt much since it burned down and gone with the wind. <laughs> uh, the doorbell rings again, and Dorothy answers it, and it's Big Daddy this time. And uh, Blanche tells him that she would very much like to speak with him. Poor man's Big Daddy. Yeah. Poor man's Big Daddy. Um, Dorothy suggests that uh, Rose go show Margaret how she can uh, make the hose dance around when she turns it on at full blast. You know, Dor- uh, Rose then reminds Dorothy that. Yeah, you said I couldn't do that anymore. <laughs> but Dorothy tells her that's a special occasion, so you know, we'll make an exception. 
They leave uh, Blanche and her father alone to talk for a bit. Uh, they uh, then sit down, and Big Daddy asks Blanche what he thinks of his fiance. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blanche is quite blunt, saying that she thinks she's a gold-digging hussy. The uh, description does not sit well with her father, right? He did. Uh, who uh, tells her to watch her words. She continues saying that uh, she's not much older, or she's she's too young, and uh, she's practically my age, which. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a little note here saying the audience, the studio audience, laughs pretty hardly at this claim. Right, <laughs> can tell you know that she's much younger than, or not much, but considerably younger than Blanche. Thirteen, fourteen years. Yeah, I mean, noticeably younger. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, mm-hmm. so uh, big more tread on her tires. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but probably not more tread. I uh, mean, Blanche has more tread on her tires. Well, no, like. The more more, oh, more trade. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Blanche's not, tires would have been not as worn down, depending on <laughs> what part of the anatomy the tires would be. Um. <laughs> you're saying more uh, miles on her tires, right? Yeah, that's a, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But you're saying. right. The less, yeah, more tread, less miles. It's so, an yes. inverse relationship. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't a euphemism. Yeah. <laughs> Taking the high road. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, Big Daddy tells her that you know she he's not ashamed to be in love with a young woman and that age shouldn't matter, uh, but Blanche insists that he's making a fool of himself, which she told him last season. <laughs> right? Yeah. So yep. very reminiscent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the girls in return. Yeah, I think this was a very quick turnaround, so she might have, must have had the the hose kind of ready. Right. Yeah. It's like they weren't gone enough, long enough for him to do the hose and get the first half of that story out. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she would have had to go out and immediately start talking. The hose had to be hooked up mm-hmm. and just turn on the water and start spinning them around. Exactly. And none of them had a drop of water on them either. So mm-hmm. whatever this hose trick is, Rose is very proficient at it. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe it's sitting out in the, in the middle of the grass just kind of whipping around. Uh, so it's not really Rose doing anything other than turning the water on. And That'd be my guess. The show I... begins. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so the girls return from the outside and uh, Blanche again asks to talk with uh, her father in private but he refuses and tells you know, Maggie that uh, they're leaving uh, then Blanche uh, jumps in and tells her father loudly and in front of the whole group you know, that Margaret is wrong for him and he's just dragging our family name through the mud mm-hmm. and uh, this continues to make uh, her father more upset of course <laughs> I just think that if anybody has a reputation, it would be Blanche. Yeah. And she sort of brought that upon herself. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, if, if anybody has uh, sullied <laughs> the uh, Devereaux name, it's, <laughs> or not Devereaux, what's the Hollingsworth, uh, Hollingsworth name? Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Good points. Good points. <laughs> He's like, just let me finish my recap. Oh, I'll take the rest of the night off. <laughs> but yeah, he's getting more upset. And before they leave, uh, he tells Blanche that you know he's always tried to show her love and respect. And if she can't do the same, then uh, she's no longer a part of the family. Right. It's like the same thing he told her last season. Yeah. Yeah. Blanche, uh, she's quick to cut a person out of the family, isn't she? Exactly. That's why her kids don't visit. Yeah. <laughs> she can't understand why. Well, she does acknowledge it at yeah. different times that yeah. she was a shitty mother. but yeah. um, Which we'll revisit later as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not this episode. Right. Stay tuned. All right. Uh, another scene change. Uh, we see Dorothy and Rose now uh, entering the kitchen uh, talking about their latest version of the Miami song. 
Rose insists that it'll be fine if they can just find a, rhyme, a word to rhyme with orange, mm-hmm. which, you know, classically is the unrhymable word. How about door hinge? Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> orange, door, it's a little bit of a force, but I like yeah. it. A little more in salami. <laughs> certainly better, yeah. More creative, at least. Yeah. <laughs> Brandon's uh, listened to a lot of Beastie Boys in his day, so. I, I challenge you, it, just like a small uh, poem, just he did a small a, poem just a week well, ago. using orange and door hinge. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we've already seen his skills. And well, if he's going to bust Ryan, maybe you can throw those in there. Well, in fairness, if Brent chooses to accept the challenge, I think you should have until at least episode eight to... Uh, oh, sure, yeah. I, no no time limit on this. I just want to see if, you know see how he works it in. So Dorothy offers her some cheesecake, and Rose then starts saying orange and cheesecake, you know, one after the other, saying, I suppose it could work. Dorothy then, you know, clarifies and explains that she meant to eat, not to put in the song. Right. Uh, Sophia then enters and asks why they aren't working at the piano, and Dorothy explains that uh, they're blocked. Sophia, (laughs) you know, taking it uh, to the other level, says, you know, uh, gives a funny remedy to get unblocked, saying uh, she drinks some tang, Followed directly by a granola bar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She says, I've been having good luck with <laughs> right? Tang. Followed by a granola bar, which I thought was really funny. Yeah. Uh, Blanche then enters, uh, still very upset about her father's uh, choice in Margaret, uh, asking uh, for Rose to cut her a large piece of cheesecake. Uh, Dorothy tries Number to, five, by the way. Cheesecake number five that number we've five? seen of the season. Yep. So it's starting to take a slight of, lead. In yeah, the yeah. Season. What's that? Of the season. Oh, sorry. No, the season of the series. Gotcha. Number five of the series gotcha. so far. So three this season. Yep. Gotcha. Yeah, and we're only six episodes in. Yeah. So yeah, they're definitely ramping up the cheesecake yeah. uh, consumption we're, in we're season two. 50% for the yeah. season. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, uh, so Dorothy tries to kind of reason with Blanche, giving some That's, examples. So like, how do you think they found out that was a winner? Like, I mean, this is like pre-internet or whatever. So it's just like people writing letters to the editor. More cheesecakes. Yeah, Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I would like to think that there was just somebody maybe in the um, writer's room or on the cruise. Like, you know what? I really love cheesecake. And if we keep having this in the episode, there'll be a lot of leftovers that can come my way. Oh, gotcha. (laughs) That's a clever idea. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, I keep asking craft services to stock the whatever food with um, cheesecake, but they won't. I don't know if it's like people just writing letters to. Yeah, it could be. I mean, Hervey, like, I love them cheesecake references. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Well, and I think, you know, cheesecake is a term now that is. It's kind of like a beefcake type of a term. Like, I think it's a term used to sexually suggestive pictures um, that are like, you know, muscular and uh, not just for men, I think for, for women too as well. But it's an art style for, for those kind of like a cheesecake picture. I don't think that is just like not just drawn art, but, you know, I think it can be uh, for pictures as well, you know, photographs. Um, so, but I would think that that style mm-hmm. didn't come until, or that, uh, term for that style didn't come in until after you know the golden girls utilized cheesecake but you never know maybe it was you know maybe there's some sexual suggestiveness underneath it that we don't even realize no no probably yeah it's it's highly (laughs) unlikely um probably should cut that whole section i just said no i I like it you should (laughs) leave it in in there there. if anything blanche adds a sexual suggestion so maybe i'm wrong Uh, no no i'm definitely the one wrong but uh (laughs) but i appreciate your like i keep going back and forth as to whether you are or not like in my head you mean i'm not wrong about what the cheesecake thing means nowadays for Uh for art or pictures but i am certainly wrong about having anything to do with (laughs) because i think it's 
yeah, I think it was like from the 40s or something like that. Oh, but so like, you think it's an old-timey term? Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah. Hey, now you get cheesecake. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Because that's how they talked back then. Right, yeah. <laughs> uh, Dorothy uh, tries to reason with Blanche, giving some examples of uh, older men with young women. Uh, but all her examples seem to end up being John Derrick, husband to Bo Derrick and right. others. Yeah, I didn't recognize the names of the first two wives. I um, looked them up. Yeah. They're all pretty girls. Oh, and Bo Derrick is, you know, certainly, I, I think John Derrick is almost known more for launching Bo Derrick's career than he is for his own accomplishments. Very possible. One, one of the wives was actually in Dynasty, and the other one was a Bond girl. Oh, that is an impressive group of, uh, of women. Yes, and he was older than them all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, Ursula Andress was a Bond girl. Yeah. Bo Derrick was what, in Tarzan, I think? I believe so. Yeah, but wasn't Bo Derrick his daughter? No. Was it? I thought it was his. It was his third one wife. Of his wife. Oh, his third wife. Oh, yeah, interesting. Uh, Blanche okay. says that you know, if older men knew how ridiculous they looked dating younger women, they wouldn't. I really hope it's not his daughter. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Dorothy then explains that they don't see it as ridiculous, and then gives a recent example she saw of a sixty-ish year old man at a restaurant. Uh, he was wearing, I think she said, a real deeply cut V-neck there with his collar unbuttoned and like a bunch of chains. Right. And uh, people were kind of gawking at the twenty-two-year-old, uh, twenty-two-year-old tw- blonde on his arm. Uh, Rose contests that you know maybe they were in love, maybe it was just someone they were proud of, and uh, that uh, Rose uh, kind of states that uh, shouldn't have any age range or limitations on love. Uh, she breaks into another story about uh, some ca- characters from Saint Olaf named Ollie and Molly. I didn't write down the whole names. They were kind of long. Right, yeah. Uh, but uh, so Ollie was the mayor slash playhouse artistic director. And um, Molly was the uh, man- town manicurist slash floozy. Yeah. Because <laughs> I think uh, she made the comment of for five extra bucks, you know, she'll buff more than your nails or yeah. something. <laughs> yeah, boy, that's a really cheap price. Um, to... <laughs> Blanche was even surprised by the low price. Yeah. Now, Grant, I don't know how far in the past this was. Maybe five bucks was a bigger amount. Well, well, you know. Dorothy interjects, and I'm not sure, you know, if the timeline really lines up. But she said it was the Great Depression. Yeah. So, so maybe that was a lot. You got to make know. ends meet, right? So uh, she points out that even though they may not have had a whole lot in common, you know, they end up living happily together for 25 years. Very nice. Can we? Uh, are we ready for a pause and intermission? Yeah, certainly. Go for it. Okay. Um, so yeah, um, basically cheesecake, um, you know, it first started being used to refer to you know attractive ladies or whatever back in 1662. Oh, 1662. Been, so that's yes. been a while. A so um, in poems and songs relating to the late times um, in 1662, basically shortly after Oliver Cromwell died, it was used um, basically to mourn um, or to basically complain about the time that he drove all the harlotins out of town. Ah. <laughs> but ah, it goes against our hearts to lose our cheesecake and our tarts. So, <laughs> but basically, it didn't become like a more popular colloquial term, whatever colloquialism, until 1912, 
when James Kane, a photographer, was working for the New York Journal, okay, mm-hmm. um, he was taking pictures of an attractive young lady and um, the Marilyn Monroe thing, like the breeze blew her skirt up, okay, um, and when she had a bit more leg than usual on display, Mr. Kane exclaimed, wow, this is better than cheesecake. Uh. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm not saying he's wrong, but I'm just saying of all the things he could have screamed in that moment. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know maybe he was a big fan of cheesecake yeah. and so well it does say parenthetically who reportedly loved cheesecake <laughs> <laughs> so yeah um anywho. yeah oh so so perhaps you never know maybe there was a, a writer on there or two that uh that did have it in there as a, an homage to that yeah yeah I, so. I like i use old-timey phrases as yeah. often as i can so mm-hmm. I wish I could use it more often, but mm-hmm. it's funny because when I listen to like something like Conan O'Brien, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because he does a lot of the mm-hmm. you know joking around and old timey yeah. speak, it just makes me feel so inadequate because mm-hmm. I, I know that like my old timey, I, I would not at all be able to keep up. Yeah, you know, <laughs> with, you know if I was trying to throw out a, an old timey conversation. Yeah. But. I know going forward, whenever work makes me do the harassment training, mm-hmm. I'm going to put in the comments, it didn't say I can't call the broads cheesecakes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I know you said that you were, you know, looking at all options right now, so you might want to hold off on yeah. that one until <laughs> until you've made a decision on where <laughs> where life is so, going to lead you. Exactly. <laughs> I, can, I can kind of see the uh, in my head, like, the uh, complaint to HR on that one. They're like, he just... You just call me cheesecake, mm. and uh, bothered you because I, I felt weird about it. <laughs> I didn't yeah. know how to interpret it. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like um, Brent using the term almost isn't as bad as you belittling the woman uh, who's making the complaint. <laughs> so. Well, I'm just saying it would be awkward because it's an odd phrase, right? Yeah, and it is kind of old timey. No, no, you basically you deserve to be me too right now. <laughs> Bring it on. (laughs) I got nothing to lose except my house. Right. (laughs) I have worked with ladies who like to refer to themselves as snacks. Oh, really? Yeah, because that's like a hip term Mm -hmm. now. Yeah, that's one of of my favorite uh, lines in um, The Good Place is... uh, Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that uh, Kristen Bell refers to herself as a legit snack. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, you're right. I don't think I've ever met someone. I've, I've never heard someone refer to themselves in, mm-hmm. in real life that way, mm-hmm. but I really enjoyed it in the show. Yeah. She's not wrong. No, no. She's a talented lady. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. The lady I work with who referred to herself as a snack, she also is talented. Very smart lady. Ollie and Molly lived together happily for 25 years, even though they were uh, different people. Mm-hmm. Very, very yeah. different. Uh, Blanche doesn't uh, care for the analogy very much. Well, and well, you know, probably because she knows her dad doesn't have another twenty five years in him. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, but you know, she says basically, you know, it's her father, and therefore it's you know partly her business. Mm-hmm. Uh, despite the girls trying to convince her otherwise, she ultimately leaves uh, the the house to go tell them how she feels. Yeah. Uh, this, however, inspires Rose and Dorothy, who then kind of break out into a most soulful tune about how they feel about Miami. Mm-hmm. So. So there's Blanche and Virginia, and wasn't there a third daughter? Yeah, there definitely is a third daughter. Um, obviously, we've met Virginia, and the other one I don't think we've ever met. She was the one who was sick all the time, and so she got out of house. Uh, I'm pretty sure house. they did say the name, but I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, I can't either. remember offhand. But. So like, if um, Big Daddy marries the Widow Spencer, mm-hmm. do you think that 
like everything goes to the widow Spencer and yeah. Blanche gets Blanche and the two sisters get cut off or do you think it goes four ways instead of three ways or like do you think Blanche has like a legitimate not a legitimate but uh, reason to be concerned I'm I mean, sure like, yeah I don't, I, mean, I don't think she has any reason to expect an inheritance I mean she's old right. enough that she well, should be self he sold the house remember yeah yeah to, yeah, to fund I'm, his uh, music career yeah, yeah. that's never mentioned yeah. um, I'm just saying that <laughs> not for herself but just for the the family estate mm -hmm. whether it's going to go to charity or something like right. that now there would definitely be a case to be made unless there was uh, an explicit um the you know, prenuptial agreement yeah. or something like that, then yeah, I, I think that if if they got married and Big Daddy, which I don't even think he, we should call him Big Daddy, I think we should call him Average Father. Um, <laughs> I, I think if, uh, if Average Father died a year or so after the marriage, um, then there would definitely be, uh, you know, it'd be reasonable to try and test, yeah. um, you know, whatever the, the yeah, regulations would are. Get everything. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, especially too, if there was like no will or anything like that, yeah. then yeah, that makes it even more of a yeah. more of a challenge. Um, I think too, probably state laws figure into how that would, would yeah. go. I have no idea what the Georgia state. I laws. like to think that he has already blown all of his money and needs to to marry in order to be support to support him. Yeah, maybe she's oh, his George. Gonna, yeah, <laughs> she's gonna support she's, him. Yeah. yeah, she's the uh, the sugar mama. Yeah, yeah. it could be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess we don't we don't ever get to find out uh, that part, but. Unfortunately, she says George. Well, George is you know Blanche's husband who was rich and gotcha. died. So you know. gotcha. Okay. So yeah, as I was saying, they uh, <laughs> kind of get inspired by the, uh, the the word feeling, right? And they kind of broken break into a soulful you know thing about how they feel about Miami, somewhat loosely reminiscent of uh, Sinatra's New York, New York. <laughs> uh, then they rush out of the uh, kitchen to get back to work on songwriting. Uh, we now change scene again. We see Big Daddy kind of sitting in his uh, on his bed in a hotel room, facing the the opposite wall, uh, while talking on the phone regarding honeymoon plans. Uh, Blanche knocks on the door, and uh, he thinks it's his his fiance, so he says, "Come on in, honey." She enters, and Blanche, uh, you know, kind of makes it known that it's her. So he uh, he hangs up the the phone and uh, to talk to her, but says he's not really sure he even wants to see her, knowing her thoughts on. Uh, marrying Margaret Blanche said uh, that she's been thinking a whole lot about uh, what's going on and believes she may understand a little bit about his decision and asks if they can talk uh, she gives some examples about uh, older men looking for you know a caregiver and trying to maybe even recapture a spark of uh, youth and ask if those are really good reasons to get married to which he responds hell yes <laughs> does he really he does yeah. oh. He goes on, uh, however, to give a deeper, a little more meaningful reason and explains that, you know, in his experience of losing his wife, you know, Blanche's mom, you know, it was very difficult. And Margaret went through a very similar experience with losing her husband, mm -hmm. which was actually around the same time frame. He explains that after a long, uh, you know, that after going through something so traumatic, uh, such, a, such an experience, if you can even think about starting over, that, you know, it's got to be love. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I totally disagree, though, with um, his <laughs> assessment on it. I, I got the impression that Margaret's uh, husband passed away more recently mm -hmm. than okay. what uh, what his wife had passed away. 
And to me, it felt like an old man swooping in on a vulnerable woman. Mm-hmm. Who, Much like Sophia was doing at the start of the episode. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But, but at least Sophia, Some foreshadowing. Yeah, Sophia yeah. was doing it just for a little bit of, you know, like someone to go to the movies with. Whereas, Action on the side. Yeah. Um, now, in all fairness, you know, we don't know. Again, we don't know the finances. Mm-hmm. You know, perhaps after his failed attempt at a music career, Big Daddy, you know, still had a significant portion of his, um, yeah. you know of his nest egg left. But, um, so maybe, maybe she was a woman who was desperate financially. Uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, not to say that a situation like that couldn't happen and it could be true love or whatnot, but I don't think that, uh, one makes the other, you know, uh, definitively true. Agreed. So agreed. They say that, um, <clears throat> basically before you're like mentally ready to like fully commit to another relationship it takes half as long as you were with the person wow so um so i mean if he what how long was with 38 years or something this is a long time yeah Yeah. so i mean he would need 20 years Mm -hmm. whatever to mourn or whatever so i don't know i feel like there has to be a statute of limitations on that though wouldn't Mm -hmm. you think i don't know i mean yeah I, i guess so obviously but i mean i don't know well, when Blanche is like listing the different uh, reasons why you know an older man yeah. would want to get with a younger woman, he does kind of relent to yeah, mm-hmm. someone want, might want to yeah. feel younger or have someone to look after him. Yeah, yeah, and I guess maybe he's just looking for something different this time around than he did the first time. Like yeah, when he got together with Blanche's mom, he was probably looking for somebody to grow old with. Right, and now he's just looking for somebody to wipe his chin when he drools. <laughs> right, <laughs> every woman's dream. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, she knows what she's signing up for. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's not pulling the wool over anybody's exactly. eyes. <laughs> this is pre-Viagra, so she knows that the <laughs> clock's ticking. <Yeah. laughs> well, you know, for however however the uh, reality of it is, he, he delivers his uh, speech to uh, Blanche with uh, a high degree of sincerity, so right. she buys into it. Mm, but not half as much sincerity as Murray would have. Right, probably, yeah. probably. Upon hearing this, though, Blanche looks at her father uh, kind of dumbfounded, and apologizes for not understanding sooner. Mm-hmm. Although I'm kind of with you guys, I think she had a pretty legitimate reason for being concerned, mm-hmm. as far as you know the age difference and, and the implications. Mm-hmm. Uh, Big Daddy explains that they they do need her to be part of the life. And they need her blessing uh, on their marriage. <laughs> what you got? I can't think of what it's from. Um, oh, it's from Arrested Development, when George Senior. Wants to you know spend time with his wife or whatever, and he's talking to his son, and he's like, "Daddy, horny." <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's basically what Big Daddy was telling Blanche, oh. like, "Daddy, horny." Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, memories. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he explains that they needed her blessings for the marriage because you know they they want to be mm-hmm. part of the family. Uh, Margaret then enters and you know says, "Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't know you were in here, but." Uh, Blanche and, and Big Daddy get up, and uh, Blanche tells her they you know, they have more in common than she'd realized. That uh, they both love her father and they both want him to be happy. And then she says the the sweet you know welcome to the family as they kind of give a big hug. Mm-hmm. Uh, big Daddy kind of stands back smiling at this. Uh, we have our final scene change. Uh, Blanche and Sophia are now sitting on the couch in the house, and Blanche is looking at uh, postcards from Big Daddy and Margaret who are now on their honeymoon, so we miss the entire wedding, of course. Right. But they're in the Bahamas, as they initially talked about anyway. Sophia kind of marvels that uh, he survived the wedding night, uh, given the uh, age difference of the two. Uh, Blanche has, like, 
uh, a little funny line in there saying, you know, Sophia, you know that, you know, elder people can have great sex lives. And she's like, well, yeah, that's if a 70-year-old person is having sex with someone in their 70s. Right. <laughs> but uh, she adds that she's uh, surprised how well Blanche has handled this sense as well. And Blanche admits that, you know, she may not be thrilled about the situation, but is, you know, glad that they're happy and that she doesn't have to call her mommy. Uh, Rose and Dorothy then enter and explain that they'd come in uh, second in the song competition and uh, were kind of unceremoniously removed uh, from the way when there was time to take pictures of the winners. <laughs> Blanche kind of begs them to uh, play the song for them. Uh, and Dorothy you know, declines a few times saying, you know, they just want to put it behind them. Uh, before, you know, the third, I think the third time she asked, she's like, hit it, Rose. <laughs> and then Rose gets just right gotta, down to the piano bench. And just they, have to ask thrice. Right. Thrice, yes. <laughs> so they get right down to it and uh, start singing their somewhat upbeat duet about uh, Miami, You've Got Style. Uh, Blanche and Sophia are clearly loving it, and they kind of join in the refrain at the mm-hmm. end. And then they get up, and everyone's singing together next to the piano. Mm-hmm. And then we close out. Yeah. Yeah, but how was the... Uh, I don't know. I, I felt like somewhat merciful end of the episode. <laughs> yeah, I felt like uh, things have been on fire for season two so far <laughs> through five episodes. And uh, I don't know. Definitely the fire uh, was significantly dampened um, for episode <laughs> six, in my opinion. But I, I agree. Do you think it's because, um, you know, they didn't have Terry Hughes directing? It could have been. I mean, Terry Hughes has been, you know, directing on, directed on many of the best. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I think if I had to pinpoint it to one thing, uh, it would definitely be one well, number one, the huge downgrade in Big mm-hmm. Daddies, yeah, and the complete disregard for the first episode of Big Daddy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I kind of want to go back and look and see who wrote the first episode. Then, like yeah. with Big Daddy, it would be interesting to see. But yeah, it just felt like, especially because they're really in, you know. Now, granted, I mean, you had the entire um, off season or whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. between seasons. But in the number of episodes, it hasn't been. I think t- episode 24 of season one was mm-hmm. the Big Daddy episode. Yeah. So you only had like seven episodes in between Big Daddy appearances. Yeah. Um, it just seems like you should have kept at least some, you know, mention of the mm-hmm. prior episode. Other, The only little thing they say is just that, uh, you know, get out of the boots, Big Daddy's back. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, I would say those. Which was not the takeaway from the previous episode. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it was... Uh, both both those aspects were definitely disappointing. I mean, the the, the musical competition thing was you know mm-hmm. added some humor, but it wasn't yeah. great. Um, yeah. It was an okay B story, mm-hmm. but the A story just wasn't. It, it, and like you said, it was so similar, mm-hmm. but just much worse than yeah. the first time around <laughs> with it. So, yeah, uh, law diminishing returns for it, this one. Yeah, definitely. So, um, so. so Ski, did you? Uh, I think we discussed you know hit our favorite lines as we went through. Um, who would be your MVP for this somewhat subpar episode? She, she didn't have a whole lot of lines, and she wasn't involved a ton, but Margaret, to mm. be honest, I thought she was extremely congenial, even though she was put down so harshly. Yeah, And huh. like you said, Big Daddy, I don't think, really had the performance that we've seen before. So. Oh, yeah. yeah he'd be my LVP for the series so far, mm. if I had to pick one. Yeah. Um, let's see. I, I would guess this one, again, no one really stood out that much. Uh you know, Sophia had a couple of good lines in there. Rose had a couple of good ones. I didn't care for Blanche in this mm-hmm. one at all, really. Um, but I think overall, I'm going to give it to Dorothy. Mm-hmm. I think my favorite line of the episode about, uh, you know, putting her hand up Rose's dress um, mm-hmm. was 
you know, I, I thought the best line of the episode and overall, I thought Dorothy uh, did enough to earn my MVP in a, in a relatively weak episode. Gotcha. What about you, Brent? Oh, I'm willing to die on the hill that the MVP for this one was uh, Numi. Numi, okay, yeah. well, fair <laughs> enough. You know, most of your um, most of your votes for MVP are throwaways anyway, and I'm I'm more than happy for you to throw it away on a you know a, a confirmed listener. So, <laughs> you know, I think that's it, the rudest thing you've ever said. Well, maybe to you, but it's not it's not meant to be rude towards. Numi obviously has no chance of being the MVP for the season. <laughs> so just challenge by... accepted. <laughs> I will. <laughs> I can put my thumb on the scale. Oh, uh, that's true. Uh, <laughs> we got what? 20 episodes left. To yeah. Go this yeah. Season. We, we got quite a few. She ends but... up with 21 votes. That's <laughs> definitely going to trump whatever you two come up with. Uh, I don't know. It was, it Especially was... if he's going for the widow Spencer. Oh, all right. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. All right. I like well, I, I like calling her the Widow Spencer. Yeah. Uh, the the previous uh, Big Daddy episode was written by Barry Finero and Morton Nathan. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing Mr. Russell Marcus was like, just steal a little bit from that. Yeah, <laughs> it's like oh, I heard place. about this Big Daddy character. Um, yeah. I've got a great idea. I'm not going to bother to mention that. You yeah, know, he's been here before. So, yeah. so with that, ski, how many? Um, well. We'll go ahead and do slices of cheesecake. I did have a couple other things about it, but how many slices would you give this one? I'd give it a four and a half. Four and a half. That's more generous than I. It was, I wouldn't say it was my least favorite episode of the series so far, but it was definitely my least favorite of the season. Um, I like the song part, I thought, more than you did. Oh, probably. see, yeah. you were a fan of the B story. Um, I think I'd only give it two and a half stars. I just really felt like it was a slog. To, these to, stars of which you Or sorry. Uh, two and a half stars worth of cheesecake. <laughs> which would also, one star equals one cheesecake. So luckily it's a one-to-one ratio. Exactly. I'm not sure what that translates into Shriek Bucks and Stanley Nichols, but. That's one of the greatest lines. On, really? I use that history. all the time at work. You yeah. said Shriek Bucks? Yeah. And it, what? Stanley Nichols. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, so, Brent, how many uh, slices of cheesecake would you give this uh, one? Just three. Three. Um, it gets one slice for Rose's coochie coochie. Okay. At the <laughs> I don't know how I feel about you giving a slice for Rose's coochie, but coochie <laughs> coochie when she tickles the eyes. I know, but uh... and then um, and then two slices for the song at the end. Oh, okay. Just because I like the big musical number. Yeah, yeah, that that was a fun part. Um, so just a, a couple things about the episode. Uh, David Wayne was the big daddy in this. He did have 187 credits. So it was in Andromeda Strain, which is one of my uh, favorite old sci-fi movies, um, as well as uh, 57 hep- episodes of uh, House Calls um, and 13 episodes. This is what you guys probably recognize him from. is from Norby. Um, Norby, yeah, oh, that's it, that. yeah. Um, but most importantly... No Norby is. <laughs> So I don't know. This was he on pro- Trapper John MD? What's that? Was he on Trapper uh, John I don't know. MD? If he was, he wasn't on it enough that I yeah. made a note of it. But um, he was the Mad Hatter on uh, the Batman series. Interesting. So, yeah. So that was, um, I would say that uh, the Batman 66 series, whatever you want to call it, probably be a top contender for, um, <laughs> you know, if we were to do a follow-up to this this <laughs> series. Um, so, yeah, any anytime that a Batman character shows up, that's nice. But maybe the first one um, up to this point, mm-hmm. as far as I know. We but, may have another one next week. Yeah, we're not showing up, but yeah, it is mentioned. So, um, or, or do we have another actor next week that was a Batman actor? No. Or 
Well, we'll get to next yeah. week. Next week. Um, no, not next week. Then uh, oh, okay, Sandra Curry um, or. Cooney, I don't know. She was the widow Spencer. She had ninety three titles to her uh, her credits, um, and she was in all three Hangovers as Linda. I, I I've seen all three Hangovers. Don't remember who Linda is. I don't yeah. either. I I recognize her face though. Yeah, based her. on the age difference, maybe she's a mom of one of the main That's characters. Would be my guess. Um, like did. Um, Zach Galifianakis tried to seduce one of the moms. Yeah, I think so. Um, so yeah, maybe that's maybe it was her. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, one little just I don't know odd note where I felt like it took a little bit of a <laughs> an odd step back. I don't know if this was one that you noticed because you didn't mention it in your recap. But the picture that they got since they came in second place, they said they got pushed out of uh, having a picture taken like the picture of the winners with Anita Bryant. <laughs> um, now Anita Bryant. She does have some Florida, um, you know, cred to her name, I guess, if you will, because she was the uh, the brand ambassador for uh, the Florida Citrus Commission from 1969 to 1980. But and, and she was a singer, had four top 40 hits. Uh, she was Miss Oklahoma, so plenty of things to her name. But she was also a a, a big anti-gay rights ad, um, advocate. <laughs> anti-gay? Yeah, anti-gay, right? It's it's odd after last episode, which was the most woke episode so far of the season. And then this one, granted, it's a tiny throw-in. But it seems odd that out of all the names they could have pulled, <laughs> they would pick, you know, someone who... Um, Maybe she was uh, big in the Miami uh, retailers industry. It could be, yeah. I mean, but she apparently worked hard to... Worked hard successfully, actually, to um, repeal gay rights during wow. that time frame. So it was uh, a little surprising that she she was the person who... I'll be realized I didn't even look up the name after... <laughs> yeah, well, whenever they throw out an odd name, I try to look it up, especially if it's someone I don't know. Obviously, if they throw out, like, Burt Reynolds or something like that, <laughs> I know who those people are. Ooh. But, yeah, <clears throat> but, um, yeah, that was a, an odd one um, that I thought an odd one to throw in. So, uh, so with that, uh, stay golden, Coco. Hey, thanks so much for downloading today. If you enjoyed that opening, you should definitely check out Ashley Jade on YouTube. She has a bunch of awesome compositions on there. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at sophiaschoicepodcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at sophiaschoicepc. We plan to have a new episode out every Monday. If you have a moment, give us a rating on iTunes or wherever else fine podcasts are downloaded. And of course, stay golden. All right. You guys ready? Yeah. Feels like I'm somewhere high. <laughs> that sounded <laughs> less than enthusiastic, Brent. Um, all right. Excuse me. I'm ready when you are, boss man. Okay. I, I am very close to ready. He's our Ron Burgundy. He is. <laughs> Do I get to be Brick? Let's see. No, you would definitely be. Um, oh, uh. So there's Ron Burgundy, Champ Kind, Brick, Tamlin, and you're oh. the Sex Panther, but I can't think of... What <laughs> Brian Fantana. Yeah, there you go. You'd be Brian Fantana. The only problem, though, He's is... He's Paul I, Rudd. I mean, I would say that just without the, the good characters. Looks. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think, because you wouldn't... I don't know. I don't know if any of them would really fit Brent that well, because... <laughs> The only reason that you fit into the Paul Rudd character is just because of your uh, overly sexual sense of humor. Um, can I be Fred Willard? <laughs> Fred Willard, oh, the the chief. <laughs> yeah. You know, I can see that. You know, maybe maybe Brent would be. Um, 
Oh, Vanessa. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Christina Applegate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, or, or maybe if things don't go well with this podcast, then you're going to be Wes Mantooth, yeah. my arrival. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Dorothy Mantooth what was that? Yeah, that's what I Do hear. we remember what uh, the character name was? Was it like, well, why would you say something like that, Ron? It's the po- poopy oh, mouth. Yeah, the, poopy head. I don't. I mean, he was a, uh, like an, I don't know, it seemed like an intern at the station or something, although he was the same age as the rest of them. Maybe he was a writer for the news. I don't know. I don't know if they ever even gave a name for that character. Um, um, My boss had sent something out about um, you're doing a farewell, a birthday lunch and a farewell lunch. We're rolling them together or whatever. And she'd said something about Blake starting his new adventure. or setting sail on his new adventure. Oh, okay. And he'd responded back with, um, you know, a picture of Captain Jack Sparrow. It's <laughs> like a pirate out there. Yeah. And so I responded back as like, well, if we're sending pictures of ourselves as pirates, and I had um, you know, a, a sultry uh, Chris Elliott from Cabin Boy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what pirate I would compare myself to. Um, <laughs> I'm definitely Team Chris Elliott. So. Yeah, yeah, that's I absolutely like, a good. I one. like the adjective sultry. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, he was like, <laughs> can I urinate before we start? Oh yeah, sure. Thanks. Corner's right over there. Oh. 273, and looked it up, and it's 273.1. Uh, so he didn't say the point one. Gotcha. So, so we can't use the closest without going over. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, technically he. Yeah, he did go over exactly. because yeah. out of the way. Yeah. Exactly. Had he said two seventy one, then exactly. or two seventy four, then he would have been fine. Mm-hmm. Um, says he would have been under. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So that means I was the closest without going over. Yes. Um, Alan wins. Alan <laughs> wins. Well, no, actually, I guess we all went over. Yeah. No, we didn't. No, I was. I said negative four twenty. You said negative two thousand. Yeah. So yeah. Actually, I think I just said two thousand. Oh, okay. So you won't win. <laughs> so that makes me the champ then. <laughs> so. I thought you guys were the smartest guys I know. Apparently, <laughs> apparently, I don't know myself well enough. <laughs> so. Well, excuse me for using the American measurements. <laughs> Yeah, we if didn't look asked, up. We didn't look up Fahrenheit. Exactly. If he'd asked Fahrenheit, I'd have known. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I know. Ever since that Fahrenheit 9/11 movie, you've been a, a Fahrenheit buff, exactly. aficionado, if you will. Exactly. So. 